Hey, what's up, everybody? Another edition of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. Uh, we are missing a couple of key players today. So, so far, you have myself, Damian Salty G, all the way in the heart of Texas. To my right, we have the giant crab, Jamal. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good, but you forget what you feel to missing. This is the fun episode. Supposedly pack- the fun episode, yeah. Yeah, we're going to pack in so much fun. Fun. <laughs> I feel like fun's an acronym for other things, but yes, fun is the, the, the name of the game today. And to my left, Hugh Mahoney, how are you, sir? Hanging in there, because like you said, there is just way too much going on, and it's never ended. And geez, I have, if there's ever been a week that we need that high-low cameo segment, mm. this is it. It is this week that we are going to need that to go down. Well, this is the fun episode. Don't bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hilo Cameo is fun. So we're going to include that in the episode. For those who are just tuning in, who have never uh, listened to us before or watched us before, uh, we do Hilo Cameo, which basically chronicles uh, athletes, wrestlers, uh, pers- people in, in the know, in the realm of just how much they charge for Cameo prices. And a lot of it is over, under, and sometimes it's a push. And more often than not, we can't believe half the things we hear. So that is usually our midpoint break. But before then, I just want to let everybody know, listen, we are a wrestling podcast. We are well aware of a lot of the hardcore issues going on in the wrestling community right now. We've talked about it last week on last week's episode, as well as the interview with Ariella Nix. Want to go back, check that out. Please do so in our archives, uh, bgbgroup.com. We, we understand there are bigger things happening right now than wrestling in ring in and of itself, even though there was a show this past weekend, an indie show, but we do get it and we will address it. We will address speaking out. We just want to play out this disclaimer that to Jamal's point, this is the fun episode. So we hope to take your mind off of a lot of the, the drama and, and just the consternation that's happening right now. So the main, the main issue right now is the fact that COVID-19, the pandemic that's been affecting the world, but for some reason, Florida decided they wanted to take take it off for some reason to run shows with AEW and WWE. Uh, there was a major spike and there was a major spike in talent contraction of the COVID-19 virus that was released this week. Uh, poor Kayla Braxton of WWE, backstage interview, interviewer, Caught it twice, which a lot of people don't know you can catch multiple times. So for those who have caught COVID-19, who swear that if they have it once, like it's the chicken pox, that you can't catch it again, Kayla had it twice. And also, Renee Young, let's be honest, the wife of John Moxley, admitted to catching COVID-19. And a, and a plethora of other WWE talent, producers, People in the back, everybody and they mama almost for WWE has contracted COVID-19. And I guess the first question I want to throw out to, to the gentleman here is, we've talked about this, about how DeSantis and Vince and just Florida and wrestling in general was kind of, oh, well, we'll run shows anyway. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll have these place guards in place and see if, if, if nothing happens. But what I didn't know no testing was happening up until recently in WWE. Right. So my, my first question to everybody, and, and anyone can jump in on this, where do we go from here knowing the big spike? Where does WWE mm-hmm. go? Where does AEW go? How do they alter their plans? Or if even if they do alter their plans, like what do you foresee in the next, let's say, two months? 
Yeah, this it's it's scary right now. Yesterday was the record single day positive tests in the state of Florida. It was over 5000 positive tests yesterday. So they are spiking like they have never spiked before. And of course, these test results, you know, are backlogged. They're not like, you know, as of that day, they're as of people they tested a bit ago. So the genie is out of the bottle. The toothpaste is out of the (laughs) tube. As I mentioned earlier today, I'm looking at those numbers and I'm frightened because this ain't a WWE problem. This ain't an AEW problem. This is a Florida problem at this point. That mm-hmm. state is on fire. And even if you had people coming to, you know, Daly's place or coming to the Performance Center or Full Sail, wherever they're taping at, just going there and doing their shows and getting tested when they're there, the problem is then they're going, they're not going home and quarantining and just staying, you know, in one place for the rest of the week. People, everyone in Florida is going out and about. They're living their life. They're not wearing masks. You check these wrestlers' Instagrams. They're out on the beach. They're on the boat. They're Everyone's out like nothing's going on. So the big red flag to me right now is like, it's not even that the shows are running. It's that what are these people doing the other six days of the week when they're not there? So you can pick up the COVID anywhere. The testing is great and everything, but the testing ain't preventing you from getting it. Right. That's my huge concern. And yeah, everyone can test now. That's right. They can WWE can test, AEW can test, but how the, hopefully maybe this is a wake up call for the talent that everyone's got to be a lot more darn careful, but I don't know. J- Jamal, what do you think? Where, where, where do we go from here when it's already spiking this hard? Well, I mean, to to your first point, you said that this isn't a WWE problem. Uh, Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. Um, You can't control what your employees do once they leave the building. That's not how work works in this country. However, you can control what they do in the building. And if you're not testing, if you're not uh, enforcing social distancing, if you are putting the product before the safety, that is your problem. You have a duty and moral and ethical duty, a workplace duty to in- ensure safety in the workplace. It's illegal to run an unsafe working environment. So the negligence of Vince McMahon is his problem. Now, there are those that are like to say that, well, the show ha- literally has to go on because the USA Network and Fox don't care and a contract must be demanded. Bullshit. Mm. If you're telling me that Wells Fargo will defer your credit card payments times America, if you're telling me that the government can pull $3 trillion out of its ass or $8 trillion out of its ass to give everybody 1200 bucks and other things with the bill. If you're telling me that, that, you know, people on uh, money talks and the bottom line is, is that, it would be to Fox's detriment to not have WWE than to ride this wave out together. Right. Now, granted, as wrestling fans, we knew what SmackDown was going to be when it went to Fox, and it is what it is. Oops, buyer beware, Fox. But the thing is, is that even it's not like they don't want the partnership to happen. Of course they do. So just ride it out with them, shut down the programming, puts 50 years of history in that time slot and, and, and do that. There's no need. There's no need to have live shows or tape shows or whatever. 
But fine. Let's say that Fox does, and NBC has both barrels to both temples of Vince McMahon right now, and they're going to put him on the hook for $2 billion in television uh, you know, liabilities. Well, Tony Khan is doing something different in Jacksonville. He's testing. Everybody's testing. If you watch Dynamite closely, you can see they have two wristbands on. Sammy's vlog, you can see that he's being tested, you know, when he when he has it. Not just the, with the thermometer. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, actually test it. And lo and behold, when John Moxley came out and said that, yo, I know a person who has it, right. uh, QT Marshall. Oh, I've been exposed to a person mm-hmm. who told me they have it. Mm-hmm. Actions were taken immediately. Caleb Braxton had the bitch twice. Yep. What? So there is, if, if, if the show legally has to go on, we're seeing that there's a way to do it. And we're seeing that Vince McMahon has his own way. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference between, and, and it really is reflective of the world. Um, Vince McMahon has Donald Trump in his Hall of Fame. I think that those two minds think eerily alike. It is what it is. But Tony Khan is a numbers guy. There's the difference between how other countries that are equally as technologically as advanced as the U.S. is, and they're handling their cases versus how we're handling ours. It's an ideological thing. It's a mindset thing. And the long and short of it is, is that I'm not saying that McMahon isn't a smart guy, but what I am saying is, is that he doesn't give a good goddamn about you as a person, his talent as a person. That's why they still have to make towns in the WWE. The NBA travels on the bus. WWE has to rent a rent a van. Just saying. There's a difference between all of these things and how the testing is done and the treatments are being done. So now that the show can't go on, now the question, the ball is in Vince's court again as Corona has to return and serve. Make your move, playboy, says Corona. <laughs> now to your point about you know just pulling the plug not running shows and going about it that way like you said wwe has a huge vault they have stuff they can show right aew on the other hand does not so what does aew do in the, in this situation when they you know they're not even a year old as far as content goes which so i think that's why for them i think it's a testing. much more dicey situation yeah they're doing testing but if we're getting to the point of you know five thousand positives a day it could very be well quickly become a situation in florida where it's like yeah you can't run so well, here, here's the thing then. i'm thinking about the nba when they started to restart they wanted to restart their their season toward the playoffs they decided to rent out the wide world of sports and keep their players in a bubble and gave the players an option if they want to be a part of it or not. So considering that AEW is a fledgling organization and in order to compete or to keep up, what if they adopted this whole, like with Daly's place, they literally make that the hub bubble for the time being and only, and they pre-tape all their dynamites. Let's say what four at a time, like they did for NXT back in the day before it was on USA network. Does that help the situation if they do it that way after everyone's been tested, they're clear to wrestle, whatever the case may be? Do they do that where they tape four episodes in one shot to at least have stuff in the can? Well, it couldn't hurt. Uh, You know, it definitely couldn't hurt. Obviously, getting more content uh, down the road. And that's what they did when they were in Georgia, QT Marshall's uh, sex dungeon. 
they taped, you know, three, four shows in a row over the course of three days and then ran them. So that way, worst comes to worst, they don't have to worry about the next month of content. May is taken care of. Yes. Um, and they did it smartly because that was the entirety of the TNT tournament. So the only thing that they knew is that they had to just get through May. And if necessary, they can do it again in June and get through June. Uh, but Florida did a thing and here we are. I think the way that AEW is going, there seems to be making a, the best of a bad situation. Uh, obviously versus WWE, considering how many people in ring talent and, and backstage producers and so on are getting uh, um, you know infected. I think the transparency obviously is key as well, where, you know, I think that helps uh, with, with the fans, you know, like, hey, a big time match between uh, QT and Dustin and um, Omega and the and um, the hell is it? and Page and Adam Page was supposed to happen. That was yeah. the build for a few months uh, before a few weeks. Um, Allie doing her thing, obviously, is the is the Trojan horse in that group is part of the build. Squash that shit. Well, why? It doesn't make sense. Oh, he has COVID. OK, <laughs> I mean, that that at least fans will have an understanding versus you know, and, and a reasonable replacement versus, okay, well, we just going to have to drop a thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that even if they do strip Moxley of the title, for example, um, that's more understandable versus having you know, film in some bullshit promo when everybody on Reddit is saying that, no, he has COVID. He should, you should have done this, should have done that. At least you can have him go out on, on like some kind of modicum of respect and said, like, yo, you know, COVID's taking a lot, including my belt, but I'll be back to get it sooner right. than later. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they did it with Roman Reigns and have it being transparent there. So, yeah, I think that that's, that's a thing that, that could happen. Uh, should it? I don't know. But it definitely could happen. But WWE, I, don't, I just don't, I don't know what they're thinking. Um, no, actually, I know what they're thinking. They don't give a fuck. They don't care. I think, yeah. honestly, your point is they don't care, and, it's, and I agree with you completely. Well, they've been yeah. they've been trying to avoid the conversation from the jump. They mm-hmm. they don't want to mention it. They want to pretend it doesn't exist, and they just want to go about their business as as we said last week. To them, COVID nineteen is an inconvenience because it's keeping them from doing what they would normally want to do. Right. So they don't want to pay at the time of day. That's the problem. So I think the big question now is becoming with all these darn positive tests maybe their damn hand is finally going to be forced and they're going to have to bring it up because so many damn people are going to start disappearing if people got to go into quarantine for 14 days and you have tons of people suddenly testing positive and suddenly it's gonna be like, oh where'd everybody go that's been hanging around here because there's already so much of the roster that they weren't using because they didn't want to fly in and stuff so very quickly it could turn into hey so-and-so's gone so-and-so's gone too hey what about this story that was going on and now suddenly mm-hmm. it's out the window so that's the big thing now, like you were just saying, with Renee Young's positive test, now we got the situation where, from all accounts, as far as I know, anything I've heard from the beginning, if you've been exposed, you got to go into quarantine for 14 days. So whether Mox well, has it or not. you have to test negative first. That's, that's one thing. Like, getting, you know, contracting the virus um, is, is one problem. How it affects you is an, is another problem, mm-hmm. and right. how and, hey. and consistently testing negative is right. another problem. Right. So right. if you if you have a positive test and then you have a negative test tomorrow, start the clock on fourteen days. Right. 
And a negative test does not mean virus free either. It just means an mm-hmm. untraceable amount uh, of, of, of the virus. Magic Johnson is asymptomatic of HIV. Right. But you best believe he got that shit. It right. did not go away. Right. So there is there is a difference to that. And I think it's important to stress that difference about the transparency for a second. Uh, it was mentioned out loud on commentary that Moxley would not be there, mm-hmm. that QT Marshall would not be there. Mm-hmm. Two major storylines that are happening. And commentary mentioned Jim Ross said, you know, wear a mask, damn it. Versus WWE calling it uncertain times and unfortunate <laughs> events and changes in, in the climate. Unprecedented challenges. Yeah, it's 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 a new normal. So they're tap dancing around it, essentially. They are soft shoeing like Savion Glover (laughs) or Gregory Hines around the event. Like they are absolutely Mexican hat dancing around a sombrero that says COVID on it. Mm -hmm. So my question is, okay, so the fact that at least AEW is steering into the skid. For the fan bases of both of both uh, promotions, does that help AEW in this case long term, where they they're being transparent about well, the fact that people are having COVID? The the ratings don't seem to suggest so. Yeah, whatever happened right. last night is like a huge like what because they hit their all time record low last night. Yeah, on a night right. where people were tuning into TV and most other shows gained. For some reason, they lost, and they lost a lot compared to the week prior, like about 150,000 people. Yeah, so something was up last night. A medium-sized town decided to not watch AEW last night. <laughs> and obviously, week to week, it don't mean much. I could easily oh. bounce back next week, but it was definitely a like, whoa, what happened here? Right. So, Go ahead, Jamal. No, okay, but, but to answer your question directly, um, you know, how does this help or hurt AEW? Uh, well, one thing about QT's um, quarantine is that his students, a lot of his students at, his, at the gym, um, his sex dungeon, can't show up either. Um, so, so Anna Jay, who got a, a promo package and a somewhat of a push, and she's been injected into a dark, dark order storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lee Johnson, who's been a fixture on Dark, he's 0 and 15. Um, but, you know, he's been a fixture on Dark as like their top jobber. Um, you know, he's not allowed. Alan Angels, who's recently inducted into the Dark Order as, a, as number five, he's been injected into a storyline. He's not there anymore. So that really hurts in that you have these key position players, you know, you, the Alan Houstons and John Starks of the world not being there. Right. These aren't big names, but they do fill, a, you know, a pretty decent sized gap. Um, and that's going to be hard to replace as AEW really hasn't developed new babies, like brand new talent very well. Mm -hmm. They've repackaged established talent, but very few have come in and said like, oh, well, she's only been wrestling for under five years. And there's a reason why you need to know her name. Unless you've already come in with an amazing gimmick like Abaddon. Very few have been built from the ground up. Um, and granted, most of them are still training in the dungeon. So not having those people is a detriment to their careers because they're on the front uh, front end of it. And it's a detriment to the uh, subplots that are happening on TV as they do have a finite you know, television landscape 
to uh, advance these storylines in. So AEW's really caught behind the uh, behind the eight ball. And then there's their champion that people apparently like. Full disclosure, I fucking hate John Moxley. I know you do. No, no. We <laughs> know you coming. hate Moxley. You have gone on record saying you hate Moxley. But you brought up a good, a good question earlier today of, okay, if he's quarantined for 14 days, what does AEW do now? And I'm going to pose this to both of you. What does AEW do now if he can't perform because he's on lockdown with with quarantine? He right. has this match of Brian Cage at Fighter Fest. What is the best option? I know Jamal Buddha maybe like a tournament where he like abjects the title, he gives it away, he he vacates the title. What what are other options that maybe AEW can do to kind of salvage the fact that their main champion now is on quarantine? Yeah, what it's going to turn into is one: who do you have available? Because how many other people are getting hit with this? Because everyone's operating in Florida, so they're not immune from this. So I think it would be a matter of, do you have enough people available of note that maybe you could do a mini tournament? Do you maybe just take Brian Cage and put him in there with someone else of some sort and just say, hey, this is the title match and maybe make Brian Cage the champ with the idea that when Mox comes back, then he goes right to him? I don't know. I, th- I, think, the, I think the biggest issue, number one, is going to be, who do you have available that's a notable enough name that you could put in the mix for that title? And the biggest scary hell, the scariest part of this whole scenario is even if you do that, you might come back in a week and one of them will fail. So right. <laughs> there's like, how, how do you, I don't think there's any long-term planning you can do here. It's everything is up in the air right now. It's wild. Well, it's, it's hard to do a, um, a long-term plan when everything, and I mean, everything hinges on a, a negative test from Moxley. And I mean, mm-hmm. a consistent negative test because his wife definitely has it. Now we don't know the, I don't know the personal details of their situation. Uh, it is possible to, to sequester yourself. And if your house is big enough, you know, he does, he could have the financial equity to rent an Airbnb and just be in the, in town and near his wife to obviously mm-hmm. you care for, but not necessarily in the same room or same bed. Uh, you know, there are ways to go about it, but obviously, and more importantly for him, this is a personal issue. This baby girl got sick and that's, you know, that's his, that's job number one, you know, but it would be a shame that if he's only two weeks down or two weeks removed to have him vacate the title when realistically, uh, he may not have even wrestled in for longer than he was actually out. Right. You know, he's not, I can't remember the last match that he's actually been in. No, he was on AEW Dark a Dolph week ago. ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I skipped that match. So that's why I don't remember when the last time I saw him. But the bottom line is that he hasn't wrestled on Dynamite in, in maybe two or three weeks. Um, but even though he wrestled on Dark a week ago. So the idea is, you know, a two week hiatus isn't long enough for him to drop or abdicate the title as much as I would love to see it happen. Realistically, it's not fair. And I don't think it's long enough, uh, a long enough wait for him to do that. But what if he tests positive? What, what if he tests, what if he tests negative today and gets tested on Saturday and tests positive? Right. Because his wife still got it. Mm-hmm. So until she tests negative, he's going to have to continue to test negative. Right. And the only thing that you it's it's he's playing Russian roulette for the next two weeks. And the next time that he tests positive, start the clock. 
because he's out for two weeks after that, after becoming asymptomatic. So that's where this is. And this is this thing could be he could be back in two weeks or we may not be see him realistically back for two months. Yeah, easily. So so the next honestly, the next three weeks is probably going to be the most. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. The most, uh, you know, um, nail biting white knuckle three weeks for AEW management that they've ever had because their champion could or might not be able to perform. What do you do? And we can't answer that question yet. But strip them of the title. Do it now. Oh, agreed. <laughs> and that's why Will's idea and my idea of a tournament works perfectly. So, Jamal, do you think a tournament works better? Or just what, what options would you throw out there? Personally, I would wait until day two of Fire Fest, which is in two weeks. Yes. Or, um, you know, yeah, two weeks from yesterday. I would wait until day two. If he can't make that show, then you could, I don't want to postpone it, but this is where you say as a character development, you have Taz, especially Taz, just go nuts and demand that he, um, you know, abdicate or whatever. You kick that down the road for maybe a week or two. And then to open Dynamite, you either have Tony Khan come out with the belt Mm-hmm. and lay it down in the middle of the ring or you have Moxley come out with a belt and do something with it um, or or by video or something like that. You have them cut a promo pack. They can And that can obviously cut a, a, a video where Moxley mails the, the belt back to Florida. <laughs> I mean, like, that would, like that would work. No, that would they work. Would work yeah. Because yeah. If, you, if you saw, you know, Moxley going through the thing and it's some, you know, sad piano music and he gets the foam, the styrofoam and all that, and he puts big platinum in the in a FedEx box and slap a sticker on it, and it says to Tony Khan, Jacksonville, Florida. That would that would mean that's a hell of a, a cliffhanger, a teaser. It doesn't it can be a YouTube thing. It doesn't have to necessarily be for the show, but the bottom line is it still advances the story without him being d- directly involved with other people. And you can shoot that on an iPhone. Assuming that he's well enough to do it. And of course, if he's not. Go get the bell from him. Have him, have him actually FedEx that bitch back, and then um, and then continue on from there. But yeah. as far, but if worst comes to worst, the, to surmise, if worst comes to worst, I think that Cage is due for the belt. Right. I think that you if, let's say that he tests positive right now, and he's going to go through it for the next month. Cage gets the belt, but who does he face for the belt? That's when Fighter Fest Day One is, mm-hmm. and on Day One you have a number two contender match. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have them do it. Now the question is, who's the number two contender? Luckily, their rankings for that. Uh, unfortunately, and we've talked about <laughs> wanting to get rid of the rankings and how it, it causes more booking problems. But yet, I feel like the 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 rankings help in this scenario. If that's the case, let's say okay, there's a tournament to determine who's going to wrestle Cage if uh, Moxley drops the title. And then you go back to the booking numbers. But then if you go back to the booking numbers, for me, the only people that make sense would be Jericho, Omega, or Paige to be that person. Unless you just make completely round robin mm-hmm. and just say, hey, whoever we book to be the surprise challenger because we want to put the belt on Cage anyway, you might as well have someone who scraps to the top to earn that rub 
like the king of the ring, so to speak. And thusly, they they earn more in defeat than more so in victory. Uh, the only person I could personally think of right now in the singles division would probably be either Luchasaurus or Orange mm-hmm. Cassidy to fit that bill. Right, and Orange Cassidy's already tied up with Jericho. With Jericho. Unless, so you can fair, easily make that a match to be Luchasaurus for is the also next day. Luchasaurus is also tied up with Warlow for Fighter yeah. Fest. That's, um, yeah. Jericho has business with Orange Cassidy, which is how they ended the show yesterday, which is dumb. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, a 15-minute non-wrestling segment. I, I'll never understand that. But well, then with a promo is never a good thing for, for I hate show. promos. I do. I've always hated them because I'm watching a wrestling show. If I wanted to watch a talking show, I would watch backstage. Well, not anymore, but I would watch Talking Smack if I wanted to see people talk. Right. But that's what AEW Dark should be. Dynamite should be for wrestling. But that's a different issue. Um, but as far as the thing, I really do think that they had. What if it was just a surprise? Remember, we don't. The number two contender could be in the rankings, but they could bring in a Jeff Cobb. They could bring that. in. Mm-hmm. Well. I would love that personally. Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they could bring in a Jeff Cobb. They could bring in somebody else that's been recently released from, um, you know, from other uh, things. Promotions. Uh, from, uh, yeah, from other promotions. Um, you know, obviously the Lucha Brothers are back, so they were able to sneak in across the border. That's not racist. They live in Mexico. Shut up. But the um, <laughs> but yeah, they were able to get they get back here. So. Who knows who could show up? Yeah. I think they, um, you know, so I would like to see that more open. But then again, push comes to shove, they have the rankings. So I don't know who's ranked number two. Maybe it is Jericho. I don't know why. It would I don't be, think they but, know what number, who number two is. They might throw in Sean Spears for all we know. Well, heck, but, you'd probably want to shake it up anyway with this scenario because it's something you totally unplanned for. So right. it'd be like, okay, let's, let, let's, let's mix it up. I will say this. I love the idea of obviously you have um, Brian Cage as like, hey, I had the match. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy. I you should just be giving me the title. This is BS. Have Taz be the heat and ta- yeah. Taz, have Taz like teeing off on everything. And hell, hell, I mean, you have Taz go so far as to just call out Moxley and be like, nah, you're, you're hiding behind your wife. You're just scared to fight him. You know, well, it's easy. Like they that, did that you know? yesterday. Well, so they, they did that yesterday, and they had, because obviously, unless you, if you live on Twitter, you're kind of going, is, is it the right promo at the right time, Taz? If you don't live on Twitter, you're going, yeah, Moxley's a uh, you know, little chicken chick coward for not you know showing up. How come he's at home? Uh, and then a quick Google search says that his life may be on the line, and as, as, his, as his wife struggles to, uh, you know, with the virus, oh, fuck. Don't you think an internal memo would have gone around to say, tell Taz not to say that shit on TV? Right. But the, either way, um, I, I would like to see someone that's deserving, like Darby's hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Spears is a no. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they could go a really weird way. I would love to see Nyla Rose challenge for it. Okay. But that's but that's just me. I know people intergender wrestling isn't their thing, and Nala Rose does bring a lot of unfortunate baggage from simple-minded folks online. But you know that would be kind of cool. Um, it's the world title, not the women's world title. It's the world um, title, exactly. It's the yeah. world title. So either way, 
uh, you know, I, I think that it leaves a lot open. Uh, Lance Archer probably could deserve it. But what that's if you who I Kobe? thought Lance yeah. Archer was the one I was more leaning to. Yeah, him would be but, the one. But who... what if what if what if, what what if Cody did it? I know that there's the caveat that says that he can't challenge for the title, but maybe he doesn't have to count challenge for the title if Cage calls him out. Hell, I want all the belts. I'm going to get the world title and I want the TNT title. So where's Cody? Bring his ass down. So basically it goes back to a title unification like they're doing at NXT with Keith Lee and Adam Cole. So a title Not necessarily a title unification as if they're going to be one belt afterwards like what Jericho did it for WWE. Right. But maybe the fact that the first ever double champion could happen and it could be Brian Cage where he loses another belt to someone else. Um, you know, maybe two Lance Archer, which is arguably what people have been clamoring for, one of the two belts, and then saves the world championship from Moxley when he comes back. And mm-hmm. they can hot potato back, you know, but we're talking November at this point. Oh, uh, with future, the world title. Okay. Yeah, we're talking who knows when, essentially. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so for everyone who's listening to Big O Bell, I just want to let y'all know we are transitioning now to be more fun air quotes. fun show fun I'm show it's the fun show <laughs> so we're going to do a segment that we've done the last I, I think what five weeks now which has been has caught on with a lot of people uh which is high low cameo usually jamal does I, his research and he checks to see who's charging what for cameo for those who don't know what cameo is is basically a service where you pay for someone to give you a two to uh, what two minute shout out via the internet or recording uh, for whatever you want. Chris Hansen for, from To Catch a Predator, which we'll get into, actually did one la- a couple of days ago, which caught our attention. Big E will literally break up uh, with people for you if you pay him enough. Uh, so for us, that's a really good segment. So Jamal, without further ado, I will segue over to you. Who do you have up for High Low Cameo this week? So this week, and... I think that it is worth noting that this is an up-and-coming star. He has just moved to the SmackDown roster. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, uh-oh is right. Um, <laughs> because, not because, we're not, this isn't a spotlight because of he is who he is. Right. The real question is, how much would you pay to get, a, to get a cameo greeting from Matthew Riddle? Ooh. Oh, so you're asking how much we oh, oh. <laughs> not how much it is, but how much we would how pay. Much, well, pay. I, well, I know how much you I know how much it is. I know how much he's asking for, but how much would you pay to get a word from Matthew Riddle? Ooh. See, I, I've met Riddle on multiple occasions. I have too. I, I I've been in the car rides with him from and to the airport, so <laughs> <sighs> You're like, if I'm, 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 I'm just if I'm just a generic <laughs> like a whatever, like 20 bucks. 20 bucks. Yeah, well, it could be essentially, yeah. Matt Riddle, I'm just gonna he, he's gonna I'm gonna buy him a beer or something, you know, yeah. something like that after a show. Ain't nothing crazy, ain't nothing crazy. But the cameo, folks, that's a whole nother mix. So I'm guessing he's probably in a three-figure range. No, but what would you commodity. pay? Well, what would you what pay? Would you pay? The question. What would you pay? Oh, 20 bucks, 20, 25 bucks. Yeah, see, yeah, that's that's actually about twenty dollars more than I would pay because honestly, what would Matt Riddle say to me that would make me worth five, that would make it worth five dollars? He'll tell you, uh, bro, he'll say your your bro about twenty times in a three minute conversation. 
Right, right, right. So I really don't need Encino Man to call me a bro <laughs> on, on, on on cameo. So that, to be that's fair, a, I rather hear him drop the bros than Russo. <laughs> oh my god! Mm, okay, mm, continue. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a, well, yeah, that's I don't know. Different topic. I don't, I don't know. Uh, either way, uh, so Matt Riddle, uh, you say twenty bucks. I say honestly. I say a crisp Abe Lincoln, uh, twenty five dollars. Yeah, that that's how much it is. But do you think that Matt Riddle was charging more than the quintessential stud muffin, Joel <laughs> Gardner? Oh, oh no! We're taking it back. We All are right. taking it back. Man. So for those who don't know, the quintessential stud muffin, Joel Gertner, is an old school ECW manager. He was a riff on a Chippendales dancer who happened to be a little portly. With the bow tie around his neck, mm-hmm. he was the manager of the Dudley Boys at one point, and he was on commentary and, and was a really good manager who generated really good heat. Mm-hmm. So, for Jamal's question, is Matt Riddle higher or lower than Joel Gertner? I will say higher, but at the same token, as an ECW fan, I'm a little upset that the fact that Joel Gertner is on cameo, just saying. <laughs> Here, yeah, absolutely. Riddle has to be higher, but my God, Joel Gertner would be way more entertaining because yes. he could just start rattling off the dirty limericks again like he used to do for the Dudley's opening spiel. So I would rather hear Joel Gertner by a country mile easily. If I would, we we could actually talk about this later and, and divvy up some, some coins because <laughs> Joel Gertner is certainly lower than Matt Riddle at $40. Oh, behind oh. Joel Gertner. A deal, a deal, a steal. And if we can get a Heatwave '99 promo to open to for that sound bite, I'm willing to come up with some coins for that. Same. So money well spent. Absolutely. So yeah. So Joel Corner's uh, you know charging twenty bucks, but is uh, but is this higher or lower than? I mean forty dollars. Sorry. Okay. Um, but 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 and obviously Matt Riddle is charging a bit more. Is he charging more than Ryback? Ooh, no. Is Riddle? Wait, wait, is it Riddle or Gertner charging Riddle. Riddle Ryback? Riddle. Riddle. Oh, no. No, I think Ryback thinks he's something. He thinks he's a hot commodity, so I'm sure he's he's charging a premium. Same. Uh, you know, Ryback is charging a premium, but he is charging less than Matt Riddle at a hundred bucks. Wow. Oh. Okay, we're in three figures though now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we are, yes. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Now, you, be fair, here, before you jump in, Jamal, mm-hmm. would you pay three figures for Ryback? Is the question. I wouldn't pay a Subway sandwich for Ryback. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm definitely not buying Ryback a beer like I was Riddle, at least. I have okay. no interest. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay, Jamal, go ahead. Okay. Uh, two more. So, so, so we know that you know Ryback is charging uh, 100 bucks. Which is honestly a pretty, pretty you know stagnant like shelf for people. You know, a lot of people are charging hundred bucks, um, but is Math Riddle charging less, a higher or lower than Heath Slater? Higher. Ooh. Yeah, got to be higher. Slater can't be that darn much. Because Slater doesn't have those seven kids. That's just the gimmick. So. Well, Slater Slater does have kids, but he's definitely not charging rap Matt Riddle money. Exactly. Slater is only commanding sixty five dollars. I pay that. I pay that. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, you know who I'd also pay for? Mm. I pay for Devon Dudley, but is would he charge more than Matt Riddle? No, I don't oh, think so. Devon by himself. Yes, that's the key. He's by himself. Yeah. Higher than Riddle, but not by much. I don't think so. I think he's lower. Well, Devon Dudley at $60 is definitely lower. Wow. Hall of Fame tag team champion Devon Dudley. See, the key for the Dudleys would be you get the two of them together. Then they could charge a a decent amount. Exactly. Get the two-for-one deal going on. Right. And and one would argue that Bubba Ray has definitely had more of an on-screen presence after their run. Mm-hmm. Then, because you know he did the Aces and H thing in TNA and and, and stuff like that, Diavon has definitely left the spotlight a lot earlier than uh, mm-hmm. Ray did. So, um, so that makes sense. Um, Joy Ryan's on cameo. And no. Honestly, honestly, we're, we're gonna talk about him a little later. But shoot, let's get an exclusive. Let's get now. <laughs> Jeez, is he doing I, cameo right now? <laughs> uh, well, well. It's, I don't know. I hope not. But um, <laughs> but, the, but the bottom line is uh, $50 for Joey Ryan is $100 too much. <laughs> yes. Agreed. It, it is. Agreed. I mean, uh, you know, subscribe so to Pornhub for a year. Then, uh, you know, talk to Joey Ryan for 10 minutes. Honestly, mm-hmm. you, you can do much better than that. And, and the last one, last but certainly not least, friend of the show, Christy Janes. Uh-huh. How much is she charging from, uh, for Cameo? Is it higher or lower than Matt Riddle? Lower. Lower. Gotta be lower. Yeah. Um, not for long, though. Not that for long. So I, I and I bring her up because obviously Christy Jane's now getting the national exposure via AEW. She's only charging fifty bucks as well. That won't stay that low for no. long. Nope. Get so, that while you can. Get Before she signs for AEW officially, get that while you can. Yeah. Right. Right. So you know, so yeah. I mean, good on Christy. She is obviously, you know, definitely worth a hell of a lot more than 50 bucks. But right now, that is a steal. So Matthew Riddle, mm-hmm. he's charging $120. What? That is low. Especially now that he's on TV. That should have went up this week. No, I think that's actually high for him, actually. I think that's a bit high for him as well. But is Matt Riddle charging more or less than John Hader? Napoleon Dynamite. Less. 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 Got to be less. Less. Uh-oh. Matt Riddle's at $120. Yes. Napoleon Dynamite. John Hater. $199. Are you that's serious? That's what I figured. I figured it had to be around 200 I was like, that's too much of a pop culture thing. People be hitting that up for birthdays or just random crap. So, yeah. Too, too, okay. too relevant. I don't know. I don't, uh, I, like, I, uh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's kind of only done that movie. Yeah, but no. that movie is like, has legs a as far classic. as like, that's one of those things yeah. that comes on TV, people will stop and watch it. You know, that's it's got staying power. So that's what I figured. Yeah. He's got it. He, he's okay. a now. Now, when now the key is this for that two hundred dollars. Does he do any Napoleon Dynamite shtick? Because, you know, that's what people want. They don't want him. They want Napoleon Dynamite. Almost immediately. Uh, so as, as soon as he does a thing, like I think he uh, does, does a Zoom call 
uh, mm-hmm. for via cameo, and the backgrounds and all of the cameos have been him as Napoleon Dynamite. Okay, so he's in character. He, okay, so he yeah. knows. He knows. So, he knows like, what's up. It may it may be him, like just in a baseball cap and a t shirt, but he'll do it as Napoleon, the voice of Napoleon Dynamite, and mm-hmm. that's you know, whatever that's good. you need to do. I'm glad so. he realizes what's up and he's not trying to pull one of those. He was like, no, that's, I won't. Do you know that. who I am. You know? I'm yeah, a exactly. serious trained actor. Yeah. He's not big time in anybody. He knows where his bread's buttered. You've <laughs> seen me in such films as Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> right. Okay. So but that, I, that, is that, is that all you got for a high low cameo this week, Jamal? Yeah. I mean, there are a couple that are absolutely outrageous, but I do want to save it, uh, okay. save it for the rest. Save of it, it for show. next week. Okay, yeah, so everyone just yeah. tuning in now on Big O Bell Podcast. Again, Hugh Will Mahoney, Giant Crab Jamal, Damon Salty G. Hello, everybody who's just tuning in. So he mentioned Joey Ryan, okay? Mm. And we mentioned at the top of the show, we understand that there is the speaking out in professional wrestling is happening. And it seems over the last three days, four days, that his name above a lot more else uh, is taking precedence over the amount of people he has either a made feel uncomfortable, b sexually advanced upon, or or just c just sexual assault. So my question to you all is: is where we are now with speaking out and Joey Ryan and the type like that? Is there a bottom that we're at now? Has the bottom fell out? Or are are we going to continue to spiral down the well until everybody and their mama has been exposed <laughs> to speaking out and then thusly wrestling has to start literally from the bottom up? Well, so there are certain things. And full disclosure, I am not a victim of any type of assault, um, you know, sexual or mental abuse or anything like that. And I understand that I don't really have the, you know, authority to say definitively anything on this matter. But as a person with two eyes and a brain, I do have an opinion. And mm-hmm. that's all that this is. With that said, I don't think that uh, there are many different sides to the speaking out movement. Right. And it's not just the obvious Joy Ryans. And it's not just the interesting story of Austin uh, Austin Aries mm-hmm. and it's or not theory. yeah and it's not just uh, Keith Lee's uh, story um, and it's not just what Matt Riddle alleges uh, or skirting the lines of the law like Marty Skrull allegedly has yes so there are many different or um, you know a situation where nothing has physically happened even come close to that Yes, Sammy Guevara is still indefinitely suspended. Mm-hmm. So all of these things are lumped in, but these situations are greatly different. With that said, because there are so many, there's not a definitive wholesale view of what this looks like. Obviously, assault is one thing, but there are many different facets to the speaking out movement that I don't think it will just fizzle out that it will just go away. And it shouldn't because the long and short of it is, is that this is a power issue. There are those that are in a position of power that are systematically abusing that power. And, 
and have been getting away with it per the culture that allows that to happen. Mm -hmm. That's bullshit. And now another step forward, because this isn't the first speaking out or this isn't the first Me Too movement or this isn't the first time where people, usually women, have been put in a situation where they felt uncomfortable, usually because they've been intimidated, coerced or flat out drugged uh, Mm. to do things against their will. And we see it happen. We hear it happen. And we romanticize it with the casting couch. Yes. You know, and that's a problem that's, you know, systemic in the culture. It is what it is. And it's fucked up. Have we hit rock bottom? No. We're a long way down the shaft Mm -hmm. from the bottom. We're, We're we haven't we haven't barely scratched the surface on this because it's not just the lighter side of it, where Sammy Guevara told a joke to a shitty audience, uh, said a thing he shouldn't have said. And we, and then there's the depths of it where Keith Lee was literally drugged <laughs> or other people that were physically drugged and raped and sexually assaulted or mentally abused and physically abused and, and stuff like that. It's, it's, this, it's the fact that these are the people that have the courage to speak out. And the, and the bottom line is, is that there's someone else right now that's going through a similar situation that hasn't mm-hmm. found their voice yet right. because the, 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 the cycle is cyclical. Um, and until that revolving door stops, however it needs to happen, it needs to still continue to happen and people need to continue to speak out. Yeah, this is we're sitting here a week later from when all this started. It's been a full like seven days now, and it's going just as strong as it was when it started. So it's it's not letting up. The stories are still coming. Like Jamal was just saying, whether it's as people are talking, people are gaining confidence to then find the words to then share their story. That's part of the whole issue is how many more people are going to come forward, how many people are still being quiet and The stories need to be told. The only way any of this stuff is going to change is if we have serious conversations about what's been happening, how it's been happening, the powers and balances that make these things happen, and then create actual changes in wrestling for it not to be like this anymore, whether it's in how people are trained, whether it's in how schools are run, whether it's how different companies operate. Who knows? But as we have seen over the last seven days, it is happening everywhere. It is happening at every level. It is happening all over the globe. So it is an industry-wide issue that needs to be addressed, that needs to be just systemically changed from the ground up. And that might be the one one of the few things that comes good out of this whole situation with wrestling in 2020 essentially being a non-starter because there's just so little shows that can happen and no one being able to tour and stuff. Maybe this is the perfect time for this to happen because everyone's not distracted with, Oh, we got to get to the next town. We got to get here. We got indie dates here. It's like, there's so few shows happening. Maybe this is the perfect time for it to happen for hopefully when the day comes and stuff opens up again and we hopefully can get back to normal. There can be some changes in place. Some discussions can happen to be like, okay, we're going to do this different. It ain't going to be easy. It ain't going to change overnight. No. This is a long-term project that's going to have to, that's going to take forever to change. And it, it's painful. There's no easy way through it. It's painful. It's hard. 
And they, we are really just scratching the surface. And it really shows that it's still going seven days later. Right. Really and, and, and I think for me, you know, hearing both of you give your, your points and then seeing Twitter and, and social media w- with the rebuttals and all, all that, uh, this has been in place systematically since wrestling started. The mm-hmm. Boys Club, uh, and we could go back to Dark Side of the Ring where they highlighted Mula, where mm-hmm. she was par- almost part of the Boys Club, where she yeah. said she was going to maintain her spot, regardless of her female talent that she trained, who she allegedly pimped out. Yeah, so exactly. This has been going on longer than the three of us has been alive. Let's be honest. So, for people to expect ardent change in the snap of Thanos finger might be a little too, too positive. Uh, to be quite honest, I saw that Thunder Rosa now has developed a, a new promotion called mission pro wrestling, which is will have women in higher you know functions in the company, the booking team promotions. It will be run refereed. And I know sabotage women in Texas does that now that provides a, a safe space for female performers to, to do their art and, and not be subjected to the creepy male perspective. Uh, I, I hope a lot of other promotions follow suit. Uh, I, I know for us, respectively, Primetime Pro, you know, took a little bit of a hit, potentially. Battle Club took a bit of a hit. Uh, everyone is. Everyone, everyone is. Everyone's hurting right now. Yeah. And for me... You know, in terms of wrestling, just it's going to take one step at a time for us to change the dynamic of making it the bitter boys club from that aspect to making it as progressive as the as a lot of us want it to become Uh, the Joey Ryan's of the world. If you would have held me and asked me, hey, Damien, do you think Joey Ryan's a pervert? I would have said, hell freaking yes, because to be quite honest, my first co-host on the podcast, the first podcast I ever did, did a interview with Joey Ryan, and I could just tell listening to the background that he was trying to seduce her. So that just tells you enough right there. Uh, The power dynamics to Will's point, psychologically speaking, that is a thing that is running rampant outside of more things than wrestling. That is something through societal where we experience it on a daily basis. But in terms of wrestling, I honestly don't believe the bottoms fall out yet. Uh, we're still going to keep tumbling for the next. I honestly think the next couple of weeks is still going to bottom out. The UK branch of wrestling has totally been the shit. Burning to the ground, know? burning to, the, to ground. the ground over we there. Talk, we, you know, we heard about, you know, potentially Marty scroll, you know, hiding behind, literally hiding behind the fact that a young woman was legal in the UK versus whether it was right or wrong. So wrestling is going to be a lot more, a lot worse before it gets better. But thankfully, we have people in, in certain promotions that are willing to, to move past this, work within the framework and say, no, we want to change this. Mm-hmm. We want to make it more accessible to everybody and their mama to go to these shows and not feel as if they've been ostracized or made to feel uncomfortable. So yeah. at the very least, I feel relieved that there are people, us included, in the trenches that want to make wrestling better 
from all aspects. So I can say, yes, it's not done being, people aren't done being exposed, but there are people who are willing to rebuild once the bottom falls out. Yeah, and what's been frustrating is as this week has gone on and as these stories have come out, we're getting, we really hit the wall of, you started to get the people who were like, oh, well, what about, uh, but about this? The about? excuses started mm-hmm. coming out when it became people that people didn't want their names dragged into that when it became favorites. And as we totally saw this week, you had people that you thought were allies. You had people that folks knew personally traveled with, like saw monthly on shows that had the best public persona you could possibly think of. And it turned out, Oh, guess what? A couple of accusations come out and they're burning their whole social media to the ground like that and disappearing. And if that don't speak volumes, I don't I don't know what does, but I don't know how many times this week I had to hear, oh, but 16 is legal in the UK. Oh, I hate that line. Oh, how many times I had to hear, oh, but it is. And it's like, yeah, but also still still she's drunk and it don't make it any less creepy when Mm -hmm. it's 16 and you're 26. (laughs) Stuff can be legal. But it can still be creepy as all hell. Agreed. Yeah, no, I mean, she, she was she was arguably drunk. And, and to be fair, 16 is legal in the U.S. in certain states. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. They mm-hmm. weren't consenting adults. And you can't be drunk and be a consenting adult. So exactly. if you're not a consenting adult and you're engaged in sexual contact with somebody, you are a rapist. Agreed. If you, if, you know, if two people don't agree, one of you are a rapist and the other one is a victim. That's what it is. There's nothing other to know than that. I don't care what the ages are. If, assume that they're you know under the limits of legality. But if your best defense is, oh, it's legal, then you're probably a rapist. Let's just be clear. Mm-hmm. But with that said, uh, I also don't care uh, about the fact that like, oh, well, my favorite thing or uh. is going away or my favorite whatever. Fuck that. If you are a business owner and your biggest concern in the protest for racial equality and police accountability around the country, and your biggest concern is that the Wendy's burn down, you're part of the problem. Right. If people that are being harassed or persecuted or to at worst killed um, in the in the custody of police or in the attempt to arrest or not in the attempt to arrest, not even a black or white issue. If you're being killed by the police, the people that call you and they show up to your door, serve a no-knock warrant and kick in your door at 12 and after midnight and shoot your girlfriend eight times and then say, oh, well, there were no injuries to her, but she's dead. With these holes, I don't know where these holes came from. You're part of the problem if the only thing other than human life is that your main issue. So I don't want to hear shit about the fact that your favorite thing went away. Wrestling is an escape. I love it. I, we all love it. That's why we're talking about it right now. And it pains us all to see what's happening. But fuck Nova Pro. Oh. <laughs> we going back over a year now. <laughs> well, There's no statute with, of limitations on that shit. Well, keeping but, with that energy, do we say fuck Chikara? Yes. Fuck him. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I so mean, I'm like, gonna, honestly... I'm, I'm going to briefly just touch on Chikar before we transition to to news before we end here. The rumors of Mike Quackenbush have perpetrated wrestling for a long time now. 
Yep. The rumors were originally he's just a dick. Yep. Now, now after everything's come out with speaking out, he's more than just being a dickhead. He's a fucking dirge of the world. The way the way he's being portrayed in wrestling, which I'm really not surprised based on what people have told me. But the fact that now Chikara has ceased operations and people that we all know personally mm-hmm. working within that promotion have now had nowhere to go to practice their trade, have now had to find other places. So if anything, the speaking out movement is now finding the, the, the dirt bags and, mm-hmm. and providing proof of the dirt bags and getting them out. What, what is yeah. the thing? In the same way to, to the protests around the country, uh, the employees of that Wendy's that burned down in Atlanta are going to have to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I also don't care because the, because the, you know, uh, Ahmaud Arbery should be alive. Yeah. Um, the, the, I can't remember the Rashad, uh, I can't think of his name, last name should also be alive. A lot of people should be alive. So if your concern is for the brick and mortar versus human life, you're part of the problem. Right. And if your concern is that, you know, if, if the Nazis actually came back and said, yo, we want to build um, a school to teach woodworking, you'd probably <laughs> go, no, fuck the apprenticeships that would come out of it and the jobs that would help the community because you're fucking Nazis. It doesn't matter what the intent of how good it is if the root of it is evil. Right. If the head of your you know, company is sexually you know, advancing and coercing people or is just a flat out rapist, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what the end result is because it's built on a foundation of rape. <laughs> and if anything, if anything, the last few days, I mentioned it earlier, the ones that you see getting called out that are immediately running like rats off the damn Titanic and jumping and not not putting anything out, just just torching all their shit and just immediately disappearing. It almost makes you wonder. It's like, were they waiting for the day to come? And as like soon as they got caught, it's like I'm out of here. I'm out. You're Joey Ryan's. You're quacking bushes. It's like you're David Stars. Company's gone like that. You're David Stars. You're Haggerty's. That just the moment it hit. It's like, bye. I'm out of here. I'm I'm running for the hills. Yep. Those are the ones that scare me the most because it's like, how much were you doing? And how how long was this day? How long was this day coming that you were this worried immediately that you're like, I'm out of here. I'm running. It's like Whitey Bulger, you know, appearing out of the uh, motel where it's just like, look. (laughs) Good reference. (laughs) Look, I mean, what do you what do you want me to do? Like okay, fine. It's the, 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 you finally got me. It is yep. yeah, you got like, me. Hey, like hey, we knew what this yep. was. Well, we did, Ooh. but now the rest of the wrestling world knows what this is. And you know, the, the, here in Big Old Bell, we we tried to make this episode be the fun episode. And, fun episode. But we fun tried episode. to we tried to shine light on the fact that speaking out is a movement that I implore everyone who's comfortable to want to share their stories. As a, as I've said last week, I am a victim of sexual assault. I implore people, if you are comfortable, to speak on this. Keith Lee did it on The Male Perspective recently. I applaud him. Uh, I'm not ready to share my story yet, but everybody else who's out there who's willing to share their story or wants to do it through a third party, feel free. 
we are with you. We stand by you. And I, I, I give all the applause in the world to people who want to share that part of their, of their story. But keeping in the fact that this is a wrestling podcast, uh, we want to end this show as fun as possible. So we'll talk about being petty for a minute here. Uh, while WWE, before we get out of here, WWE decided to go up against AEW's Fighter Fest. They're going to run the Great American Bash against Fighter Fest. So my question to, to you both are, on the level of pettiness, one, <laughs> how do you rate this? And two, since we're just pulling out random WCW pay-per-views out of the past, mm -hmm. what pay-per-views would you want to use for oh, NXT yeah. going forward that would pique your interest? Oh, well, on the level of pettiness, we know exactly what this is. And, I'm, and you know that's the most calculated move that they can make. Yes. It's, you know, there's been all these rumors that Vince is more involved now or with the, with the regime change that different people whether it's him whether it's bruce pritchard whoever you know mm -hmm. these old timers are more involved than it was before whether it was just triple h's ship or not we know who came up with the great american bash dusty Rhodes. Rhodes. they own the rights to it they have every right to use the name if they want to if they want to make, I'm sure they're looking like they're, they're not having a bad time chuckling about, yeah, we're going to put Great American Bash right up against their, their two-week show. We're totally mm -hmm. going to do that. You, you know they're having a laugh about that. So it is what it is. It, it's the way they do business. And it's it's you know it's fair. It's perfectly fair. It may not be nice, but it's perfectly fair. Of course. If you're going to bring back WCW pay-per-views, though, as a longtime WCW fan, I've been saying it from the very beginning. It should have happened from day one. God damn it. Come October. Give me Halloween Havoc. Right. Just give me Halloween Havoc again. That is my number one ask. Give me Halloween Havoc. Jamal. I think on the, on the Roger Cordell uh, petty meter, this is probably a four. <laughs> okay. And the reason why I say it's a four and it doesn't really rank that high for me is because uh, WWE is the same company that refused refused to uh, to let release talent so that they wouldn't immediately jump ship to AEW. They yes. paid them to stay home and then have them sit out their 90-day non-compete clause mm -hmm. just so that they couldn't jump ship and, and talk shit about them or work another show or appear on TV anywhere. They would rather pay you to stay home than, you know, send you off on your, on your way. And then when it was, then when the shit hit the fan, they cut everybody. Like, you know, the hell with that. Like, where are you going to go? We got a virus. We got a whole damn plague out here. Good luck in your future endeavors. <laughs> so that's petty. But, you know, running the Great American Bash against Fighter Fest, which coincidentally, did NXT announce that the Great American Bash was, A, coming back uh, up until last night, and no. B, that it was going to be two weeks until last night? Nope. That's yeah. the first time I bitch. heard of it was last night. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So they were planning so a big show, but it wasn't branded as a as with a name. So that's why it's a four. It's expected to be that petty because they are counter programming. However, however, uh, considering with the pettiness that that other things have done, uh, refusing to pay uh, for Owen Hart's uh, you know oh. details mm -hmm. uh, is petty. Refusing to let people fledgling in the company be released. Put them out of their misery already. Let them go. Nah, nah, that's petty. Um, you know, having a beef with the Saudi royal family, getting on your private jet, bouncing and, and, and calling them collect from across well, the Atlantic. Well, that's 
<laughs> that's grimy. Yeah. That's not petty. That's grimy. <laughs> right. Um, Barry and Apollo Cruz is petty. Yeah. But this is a this is about a four. To answer okay. your question about the pay-per-view that should be coming back, I would like to see Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday. If they had a pay-per-view that was led by Tout, <laughs> I would be down for that. <laughs> I would be absolute down for that. If they had Cyber Sunday brought to you by Tout in your house, mm-hmm. I would be absolutely down for it. Um, I think that the little interactivity with the fans, especially right now, since fans really shouldn't be in the performance center with them, right. um, it, it would make it interesting. Obviously, they could, you know, suss it up a bit and uh, have it completely kayfabe and do whatever they do. But realistically, if they ran a t- Twitter poll and said, hey, are, who do you want to see in this next match? You have one hour to vote. That would be interesting. It would, yes. You know, non-storyline implications whatsoever. Just get the entire roster or who's willing um, in the building and say, hey, Twitter decides your next match. It could work today. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely could work today in real time. So Cyber Sunday would be a good idea. Um, because they've already used Starcade and, and ruined it. Um, Halloween Havoc would be sweet. Um, and you know, the other pay-per-views are kind of like whatever. Um, but but no, yeah, Cyber Sunday. I, I think for me, because I know Will said Cyber Sunday uh said Halloween Havoc. You know, mm-hmm. Jamal said what he said. For me, I think Super Brawl for WCW fans <laughs> to bring them back would be something to bring back. Or even, I know World War Three. if you left it to NXT, would be something interesting as a kind of minor Royal Rumble to kind of poke at WCW. You know, hell, we have the Royal Rumble, you have World War Three, whatever. Uh, that's something you could bring back. But I do like the thought of bringing back the Great American Bash I have the theme song in my head back in the 1990s. I remember Teddy Long having Tori Wilson dressed as Uncle Sam. Bobby Lashley wrestled John Cena in the Great American Bash. Uh, before recently, that was Lashley's last, I guess, world title match in WWE. Uh, so I think those are the ones. If you want to even bring back WCW in terms of watching it back on the network, because we talked about earlier at the beginning of the show, if you're not going to run shows, Bring it back to stuff that's on your network. So if you're going to bring back the Great American Bash, why not show a best of series to get people acclimated for what the bash yeah. actually means? And 999, in case nobody realizes that, or whatever the free one's going to be, you know, here and here from now. But I think that's a good way to to drum interest uh, for any WCW theme pay-per-views. And to Jamal's point. They ruined Starcade, and I'm disappointed by that because Starcade was petty. It was petty, yes. And, and Star- I, Starcade I, being brought back as a house show was just like that. that it was, was uh, it being brought back as a house show despite WrestleCon. Yes, right, or, or whatever the thing was. I think it's WrestleCon, and yeah, in they did in the Carolinas. Yeah. To, to yeah. throw a grenade in there, just be like, oh, we're gonna do Starcast, like Starcade, really, dude? Like, really? Okay, right. fine. But uh, keeping keeping with the end of the show, we're we're almost at that point. You're listening to Big O Bell podcast. Uh, Jamal likes to end it with news of the day or news of the week. So Jamal, do you have anything of note toward the end that you want to throw out there for the folks at home? Yeah, a couple things real quick. Uh, number one, Jordan Grace is a real one. If yes, you she. haven't if you haven't really been following her on the Twitter machine, uh, do so. She's a good egg. But the uh, but her where she lives with her and her lovely fiance Jonathan Gresham. Uh, best wrestler we're going right now. 
you know, there's a guy who was in her in her complex, kind of down on his luck, mm-hmm. and she kind of took to Twitter and said, like, hey, um, help me help him, and raised $2,500 for him, and, and hopefully got him on the path, you know, averted the skid, you know, as he was going through some things, through some issues. Mm-hmm. The pandemic is a big deal, and I believe they live in Maryland, yes. which is having unprecedented, you know, issues with their unemployment benefits. I mean, there's literally a million people on hold that are waiting for unemployment benefits. Uh, most people haven't gotten their checks. Other people have gotten it wrong. Um, it's, it's been a mess in Maryland and the government's and the governor is not doing anything about it as much as we would like them to do. So good on her for, for getting that done. Um, Extreme Rules is coming up July 19th on the award-winning WWE Network. Mm-hmm. But it's Extreme Rules, the horror show. I saw I that dropped right before we started recording. Yes. <laughs> I don't All know. Names to use. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what that tagline means, especially as it applies to Extreme Rules. One would think that that would be the tagline for Halloween Havoc. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of going to be interesting to see what that is. And actually, man, I think about it, a Bray Wyatt-led Halloween Havoc would be mm-hmm. very interesting. That was the um, first person I thought of is you do same. something with the fiend, some kind of horror themed match of some well, he sort. Has a, yeah, he has the three it. faces of Wyatt now. So I feel yeah. like that would be a perfect segue into that. Yeah. It's just a yeah. weird timing of running that in July as opposed to October. Right. Yeah. So Extreme Rules, the horror show, we'll update you when we know more about it. But that looks goofy as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, one thing that's actually pretty damn good, if you want to help support the NAACP, uh, through Biggie Langston, you can because you know I still remember Biggie Langston. Uh, they came out with a shirt. That's right. They came out with a shirt uh, because you know uh, Biggie and Kofi took a knee uh, on SmackDown before their match started. Uh, you know, fist raised in the air, and that was a you know good symbolic gesture uh, in response to all of the uh, unrest that's been happening around the country. Uh, with that shirt that they they got a shirt done with that image on it. And uh, it's an eBay link uh, where you, if you go to Big E's Twitter, uh, he has it on there. It's shirt, it's a shirt signed by him and Kofi. Um, go ahead and click on that eBay link, and uh, if you really want it, the bidding's for you. How much do you think that bid's up to now? Two thousand dollars. Eight hundred and ten dollars. Oh. So I think that that is good enough if you want to, um, you know, where you get something that's poignant and obviously. It helps NAACP, which is a good thing. So, uh, you know, go ahead and bid responsibly. The last thing we have uh, for news is obviously Vince McMahon believes that we have a social responsibility to put fans first. And that is a quote. (laughs) That is a quote from John Brody, who is the executive vice president of global and global head of sales and partnerships. He says that their leader, has a social responsibility mm-hmm. to put the fans first. Sure. Right. right. WWE is going to get us through the COVIDs. Not with yes, masks, not with sanitizer, not by social distancing, <laughs> just by tuning in and watching Raw and SmackDown. By programming. Thoughts, thoughts and it. prayers, baby. Thoughts and prayers. Thoughts and there prayers. You go. Thoughts prayers. <laughs> um, he said, and I quote, we have a responsibility to take them away for a few hours and give them a smile and, and a chance to feel something other than what they're watching, which is also important on the news. We've learned to say, quote, we're going to put the fans first and do everything we can, working with state, local, and federal officials 
to make sure that it is safe from, and for our most important resource, the WWE superstars, and we're going to do whatever we can to deliver content to our partners and fans. The only reason why I bring this up is because WWE, wrestlers in general, need to unionize. Mm-hmm. If they had a union, they could have a lot more leverage in what their health care was, what their pay structure is, what their benefits are per their times of service as they pay into the union. Um, it's, it's imperative for them, contracted workers, to not have to sit at home with an injury or worry about whether or not their contract is going to be extended. And they have to sit through creative hell uh, like Jeff Hardy. He's not out until August or something like that now where he should have been done already because mm-hmm. of an injury. Um, you know, I really think that you know, a union w- as a whole would be the biggest sweeping change in the wrestling industry. And then, of course, with those things and the collective bargaining, change the game on how they get paid. And the last thing that I have is, of course, how are they getting paid? These are the top 10 highest paid wrestlers from Forbes magazine, April 2019. Now, I'm going to go give you the, the bottom five. Yes. It's um, Braun, Stephanie, Shane, Goldberg, Becky Lynch. Wow. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, this is from April of this year. Um, fair enough. And I'm going to assume this is probably their 2019 revenue yes. contract and such. Number five is Triple H at 3.3 million. Two million for wrestling, one ish million for corporate stuff. Okay. At four million dollars is Seth Rollins at number four. Jeez. Randy Orton at 4.1 is number three. Not surprised. That that I believe he's been there forever. So that five has- million dollars. Roman Reigns at number two. Not surprised either. And ten million dollars. Oh, jeez, John Cena, Brock, Brock Lesnar. I should have known. Should have yeah. known. So T- talent contract plus uh, merch. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Yep. So if you are, let's say that you are Brock Lesnar at ten million dollars, and you're Braun Strowman at one point nine million dollars. That's the number one and number ten guy. I'm not saying they deserve the same. Well, because obviously Strowman does not deserve Lesnar money. But what I am saying is that Strowman would have better negotiating power as a member of the collective bargaining agreement. So that would be interesting. That's also one of the reasons why baseball hasn't started back up and why the NBA is taking so long, because the players need to know how they're getting paid. Exactly. So, uh, you know, I think that, that, you know, a unionization is a huge deal. I really hope that that's something that they push for, you know, going forward. But um, as we've determined, this man, goddamn, he's petty. He's petty. And I I think that's that's the the going line with all of us is just how petty Vince can go and like the how low can you go kind of situation. But Mm -hmm. I'm not surprised by this, to be quite honest. I'm not surprised that he's hardline stancing on on payments. I'm not surprised he's not testing people until people caught on where half their production staff and backstage staff have contracted COVID as we started this episode. Uh, Vince McMahon is who he thought we, who we thought he was. Mm-hmm. So and we let him win. Say what? They are who we thought they were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and for those that know the reference, that's Denny Green, uh, former coach of the Arizona Cardinals and Minnesota Vikings. 
They are who we thought they were. Yeah. And if you thought Vince McMahon was anything other than a shrewd businessman who on the top is cheap AF, then you're sadly mistaken. So I think, honestly, that's a, a good time for us to kind of skedaddle out of here. We're at the one hour and 19-minute mark. So for Hugh O'Mahoney, Giant Crab Jamal, your boy Damon G, uh, big ups to the Big Gold Belt Podcast, BGB Group on Twitter, as well as BigGoldBeltGroup.com to check all of our backlog. Uh, on behalf of Two Chames and Silly Sellis, thank you. Without you, there is no us. Have a good night, y'all. See ya.